It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 724 of Accelerate. That is episode 724 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. I have another great episode lined up for you today. My guest is Jens Henschel. And Jens is the founder and managing director of the Fivus Partnership. Now, the Fivus Partnership, which is based in London, helps procurement teams around the world become more customer-centric and strategic to the organizations that they, they are part of. Now, here's the interesting thing. Through their work, the Fivus Partnership has also grown into a new role, which is helping sales teams understand how to work more effectively and efficiently with procurement. Now, there's general sense among sellers that procurement is the enemy. And if you've been in sales for any length of time, you probably have a horror story of your own to share about dealing with procurement. Maybe even a story about how procurement derailed the deal at the last minute that you're working on. And, but the fact is that, that sales and procurement need to be able to work together increasingly in many organizations in order to deliver value to the respective organizations they represent. So in our conversation today, Jens and I are going to dive into procurement and how procurement and sales should work together. You know, it's interesting. There's a lot of talk these days. We've all heard it about what modern sales is and, and what that means in terms of how you structure and operate your sales process. But today from Jens in our conversation, you're going to start learning what modern procurement is and the strategic role that procurement is increasingly tasked to fill in the organizations that they represent, and what this means for how sales should work with procurement. I mean, lots of experts will try to convince you that procurement should be avoided at all costs, but as Jens and I get into today, what if knowing how to work with procurement actually was the key that unlocked your ability to close certain deals? Well, we're going to get to this and much more today. But before I get to Jens, I want to take a quick second to talk about the sales house. It is the sales performance training community for B2B sellers. You know, in the typical sales training, you learn a lot of things, really with the exception of how to win. You know, sales winning orders is not the result of a process or method you use. It comes from executing lots of small things well, actually savagely well, like I like to say. So in the sales house, I focus on teaching you the behaviors and skills you don't learn in sales training. The essential skills that make the decisive difference in your ability to win new deals. So come learn how to sell with more confidence, trust, and value. And we have a special offer today for listeners of Accelerate. If you visit the sales house, that that is thesaleshouse.com forward slash accelerate. And enter your code SELLMORE10. That's SELLMORE, S-E-L-L-M-O-R-E, all in uppercase, and the number 10. This will earn you a 10% discount on your first year's membership in the sales house. So make sure you stop by thesaleshouse.com forward slash accelerate. We'll look forward to seeing you there. All right, let's jump into it. Jens, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. So you're joining us from the UK today. Uh, where, where in particular are you? In London. In London. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite cities. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. But I'm originally from Germany, Andy. So um, I'm living here now for yeah, around about three years. Okay. And do you enjoy the change? Yes, indeed. I mean, it's it's a fantastic city. It's so uh, international. You meet people from all over the world. And, uh, well, um, maybe some of your listeners are aware of Brexit and all that stuff that goes on yes, here yeah. in the UK. <laughs> so let's see how long uh, they... they 
allow me to continue to live here. So um, we'll we'll see. Huh? Oh, that's right. I hadn't really thought about that. So if if Brexit goes through, then the sort of open borders thing goes away. Well, so they say, right? I mean, there was one big uh, demand uh, for from the people that pushed for Brexit to say, look, we want to control our borders. And uh, at the moment, it's a free flow in, in Europe. Obviously, you can work in Spain, in Germany, in the UK, wherever you want, as long as you're a European citizen. And uh, that is something that they uh, obviously want to change. What they want to, What they want to put in place is obviously not known. So there's a lot of uncertainty, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, in, in the UK, in the economy uh, at the moment, which is which is not good. But hey, uh, it drags on now for three years, and I'm not so confident that they're going to find a solution by <laughs> actually Halloween. That's a deadline. Yeah, I know that's uh, the, an appropriate yeah. deadline, by the way. Uh, uh, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, especially if they put Boris Johnson in charge. So um, <laughs> <laughs> the UK's own version of of our president. So um, all right, so let's. We're going to talk about something really different here today for anything else that we've, we've covered before in Accelerate is we're going to talk about procurement. And uh, this is something that you're, you're a procurement expert. You spent your career in procurement. But I mean, tell us a little bit about your background. And then you know, tell us about the work that you're doing at your company. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, you, you're absolutely right, Andy. I mean, I'm really passionate about procurement. I fundamentally believe procurement is the best function in the world. Maybe, maybe just behind sales. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I definitely feel procurement, at least for me personally, right. uh, gave me a lot in my career. Um, so yeah, um, my company at the moment. Um, I founded the Fivers Partnership two years ago with uh, a few ex-colleagues from Procter and Gamble of mine. And our mission is really to go into procurement teams and to help them to become more customer-centric, more strategic, more um, yeah, to drive more operational excellence. And uh, as I said, we started that two years ago, and um, just a few months in, into into our journey, uh, actually, some of our ex suppliers and, and account managers from the companies that we've dealt with uh, contacted us and said, "Look, Jens." Um, could you not, you know, explain us a little how how procurement operates, what their KPIs are, because we perceive them a little bit as as a black box. And to be open and honest with you, Andy, that was that was a shock to us because we 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 weren't really aware. I mean, we thought um, that we on the procurement side, on the buying side, were fairly transparent. We were collaborative. We we're always interested in the win-win, and and <laughs> and, and, that's, and sellers yeah. thought you were the enemy. That's what we uh, realized. <laughs> we, we, we weren't aware of that at all. Right. So, yeah. So, so these guys came and asked us, "Hey, could you not, you know, shed a little bit of light and then explain us on, on, on how we can better, you know, build relationships with with you guys on the on the buying side?" And so that's what we do now more and more. We still are uh, very very active in uh, in consulting procurement teams, but uh, there's more and more sales organizations that we now consult and advise uh, and 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 try to relay the message um, that procurement actually doesn't need to be your enemy. They can actually be your best friend if you just try to understand them a little mm-hmm. and maybe speak their language a little. And and yeah, so that is what we do with, with passion because I think fundamentally, Andy, sales and procurement need to work together to deliver value for the orga- respective organization that they work for. When they work against each other, 
then it will end up in disaster. That's my personal personal view. All right. Well, I we're gonna we're gonna get into that because I I think that's really worth worth exploring because <laughs> as you as you look at any complex sale is with multiple stakeholders. Invariably, one of the stakeholders is procurement, and there's this whole. <laughs> body of thought, if you will, that some people have expressed uh, recently in books. Uh, one of my colleagues, Mike Weinberg, just wrote a book uh, in which he talks about the procurement pit, quote-unquote, the procurement pit. Um, right. And that's a certain perspective that that I don't necessarily agree with everything he wrote about that, but from my, based on my own experience. But let's sort of start from that point, is, is what what do sellers get wrong about working with procurement? What do they get wrong about their perspective about procurement? Just let's start at that point. Yeah, but on that very point, since you mentioned you know sales philosophy and sales training, I mean, I obviously then throughout you know the two years that we are on this journey in this company as, as the Fivers Partnership, obviously I came across a long a lot of sales trainings as well, and that is something that. That surprised me very much that in many of these methodologies, procurement is positioned as the entity or the the organization that you need to avoid at all costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what you know, what I what I found out is that most you know sales trainings tell you build a great relationship with the internal requisitioner, with your direct user of your service or product, and try to build you know a strong relationship there, and ideally against. The procurement team, and which is probably in uh, in in hindsight, uh, looking back at my professional career, which frustrated me the most uh, with you know suppliers and and account managers that they thought that they already had the deal agreed with the internal stakeholder, and just I was just meant to be there to pretty much you know put the contracts in place or like an admin person pretty much taking meeting minutes or something. Yeah, rub, so rub, I think this rubber is, stamp it, yes, as we exactly, say. Exactly, and I think this is probably the biggest mistake that you can do as a seller these days, that you underestimate the role procurement can play and is supposed to play in an organization. And uh, to be then trapped in this political game where I, as buyer, probably need to make it very clear to my internal customer, let's say an IT director or a, a marketing director or or whoever is requesting a, a service or, or, or product, I obviously, as a procurement person, need to make it very obvious then that I'm there to deliver value, and probably I do it on the supplier's expense then, right? So I will probably push you very hard on, on price just to you know to showcase internally that uh, procurement is not something um, that everybody can do. Uh, it is actually something that requires skills. Um, so I, I've seen that in, in many situations in my, in my professional career where probably some of my suppliers did fall into that, into that pit, I would say. I think that's definitely a pit where you, where you, you know, try to outsmart procurement and, and, and form an alliance against procurement, which then backfires. And that's very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so just to summarize yeah. that point, so yeah. that people understand is, so what you're saying is that, uh, not that you would necessarily have done this, though, is that is that if the procurement person feels like they're being backed into a corner, then the way they uh, demonstrate that they still are involved in this process is saying, okay, fine, you back me into a corner, I'm just going to focus on really getting, <laughs> getting the best price out of you. 
Yeah, let me give you an example, which is sure. actually a real case that happened to me, right? So I was um, a procurement leader for um, yeah, a large um, fast food chain. Let's not mention necessarily the name now. But um, so they had a top-down mandate from the CEO saying, look, procurement has to control all, all of our expenditures. And that's in most organizations that happens because of cost control or because of compliance reasons that they say, mm-hmm. look, we don't want everyone just to go right, left, and center and spend our company's money. Somebody has to look after it, right? Right. And normally, um, when that happens, um, you obviously need to need to make sure that you have the processes in place, the organizational setup, the headcount, et cetera, et cetera. So in that particular case where I was in is that the procurement team was already managing very successfully um, all the raw material and the ingredients expenditures for the company. And we're now asked to also take over what we would call as procurement professionals indirect spend areas. So services, software, mm-hmm. IT, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, um, so that rule pretty much came into place. And, and pretty much the day after, the IT director approached me and said, look, Jens, we have that software company uh, come over tomorrow. Um, and, you know, there's this new director from the CEO, as you know, that we now need to involve procurement. But, uh, look, Jens, we, we've already, you know, agreed with that supplier that they're going to get the, you know, the business for the next three years. We're very, we're very happy with them. They've been a good supplier to us. So can you just quickly come into the meeting and do whatever you have to do? Because obviously now it's part of the, part of the deal. Um, <laughs> and, and obviously it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a great position to be in, right? You, you right. feel that you, that you just, you know, somebody that's, you know, taking the meeting minutes in the end of the day. So, um, and I think it's not really that the IT director in that case was doing it because they didn't really believe in, in that this was required or not. But I think, especially in this, what we would call indirect, there is um, the perception of, you know, I managed my budget for the last 10 years uh, and, you know, I want to continue to manage my budget. Why do I now, why do I now need to involve somebody else in that process? So there might be a, 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 a you know, internal kind of sure, political issue. questioning. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in that particular case, um, I was obviously, you could say, a bit cornered. Uh, so I, I always describe it like a situation where, where you take your child to a toy store, and you know your child runs to the shelf and grabs out a, a Lego set and says, "Hey, daddy, daddy, I want this, I want this," and then you go to the shop assistant trying to ask for a discount. Right? This is pretty much the situation right. that I was in, where the T director <laughs> had already said, "We love you. Uh, the, the service is great," and now we have a meeting. Um, and, with with procurement, right? Yeah. And so, just to put some background to this, though, is yeah. that having been the case, the account executive from the software company now has told his boss, "I've got this deal." Right? I assume so. Yes, I yeah. assume so. <laughs> They've told me I've got it. So, right, right. with that as a background, keep going with your story. Yeah, so we, we went to that meeting and it came to a bit of a shock and surprise to that uh, account manager that all of a sudden procurement is in the room, right? Um, because just pretty much half an hour before the meeting, the IT director called, phoned him up and said, look, by the way, we have this new mandate. I don't really know why, but hey, there's going to be a procurement person present in the meeting. But you know what? I mean, you, we always told you that we want to make business with you, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and so again, that I'll- came in. Yeah, I'll, I'll step in. Sorry, <laughs> not to interrupt the story, but yeah. So suddenly, the salesperson, and not to risk our rating here on the show, but the salesperson has suddenly said, "Oh shit, 
right? It's, that's that's that person's reaction when the IT director said, oh, by the way, <laughs> no big deal, but procurement's going to be in the meeting. The reaction of the salesperson was, oh, my gosh. Right. At least, at least that's what I could read in his face when I right, entered the I'm room. Sure. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, because he didn't really know, right? He didn't really know why I was there. It wasn't really explained to him. He didn't know what power I would have. Right. I had zero. I mean, to between the two of us, Andy, I had zero understanding about IT. I it was software package that it was that, that they were selling. I had no clue what that software was doing. Uh, again, our team was more focused on on raw materials, right. and not really on software and services. So I had no I had no clue, right? And since nobody asked me, I didn't tell him obviously that I had no clue. Of course, um, but I was obviously in that position that I had to show to the supplier that procurement has to play a role, and um, we need to be, you know, you know, considered in that process, and also obviously. I had to show to my IT director that there is some value, me being here, and I'm not just the one taking notes. So the discussion started, and I just felt that you know the account person got you know more and more nervous the more questions that I asked, right? And I I felt probably a bit that um, well maybe the, the commercial aspects of the deal weren't really you know considered as much in detail as. as as, as should have been so i we obviously you know started a discussion on on price because that's where you can you know in the, in the most on the quickest way you can obviously articulate value meaningful value uh to your internal customers so we started a discussion on price and i, I was just starting to ask questions and i the more questions that i asked the lower the price became and and the account uh the, the account person and the account director, um, you know, lowered the price without me really pushing for it. So we ended up with a deal where, yes, they got the business because I couldn't obviously not allocate to business with them because the IT director said, we need that. We need mm-hmm. that uh, company. But the price ended up to be 20% lower than what was initially agreed. And that, again, wasn't really me pushing. It was me asking questions uh, and, and, and maybe just being, um, you know, Interest, curiously interested in what had been commercially discussed so far. Right. And the the I think the bottom line of the story though is um, yes, obviously they lost twenty percent on their margin. But the other thing is, I got actually quite suspicious because if within half an hour, me being in a meeting, not knowing about anything about that particular product, I could lower the price by twenty percent. I actually put a couple of people onto the IT area, IT space, to really see on what can we do strategically. By identifying the right suppliers, the right partners, because it felt to me that probably we were being overcharged a little. Um, because again, investing only half an hour, getting a price reduction, made me very suspicious. So I think the the lesson out of this for for salespeople that are listening to this is, I think in this very situation, you want to stay, you want to stay, you know, very, you know, very cool, uh, and you want to obviously make sure that you save your internal customer's face, but also the face of, of the procurement person. So ideally, what I would have done in, if I would have been in the sales uh, in, in, in the sales situation, I would have probably asked for a, a second meeting, a separate mm-hmm. meeting with procurement just to understand what, what I actually had to do in all of this. I think this person w- got too nervous too quickly and overreacted. Clearly. For me, what... For me, it would have been totally fine if it were just okay. We give you a you know a three percent discount or something. I would have been happy. The IT director would have been happy. 
the salesperson would have been happy. But as soon as you start getting nervous and uncertain and insecure, obviously that is something that a, a well-trained procurement person might be jumping immediately and, and might exploit that situation then, especially when you're in that political context that we were obviously in, right? So, um, yeah, that can, that can easily happen if you're not cautious. Well, and so I think, you know, that, that leads to sort of the next discussion point, which is really what are, you know, what are the motivations of procurement? And, and we'll get into sort of you know, how they're measured, and maybe we start there, how they're measured. But the general assumption for most sellers is procurement is just about getting the best price. And, and certainly, you know, I think if you look at the, like in sales, where there's a spectrum of people that, you know, some that do their job extremely well and some that aren't as adept at it, some who can do it very strategically, some who are very tactical, is I think procurement professionals span the same, span same spectrum, if you will. And clearly, you're going to encounter procurement people who don't have enough skills to do anything but be focused on price. But, but I imagine that, you know, if you're selling into a larger organization with a more senior procurement person, that I would imagine they have more strategic view on, on the procurement than just purely price. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. And, and probably the, the, the first example that I gave you there is probably not a good example to describe what our KPIs are. In that very situation, again, it was a political situation where you had to quickly articulate internally what value U.S. procurement can can bring right. to the party, right? But generally, I would say uh, modern procurement teams, very mature procurement organizations, um, cost-cutting, cost-savings is no longer the KPI that gets you the promotion. Yes, we need to control cost. Yes, we all like a little bit of a discount. Yes, we all like to negotiate a bit, right, the back and forth. Yes, sure. we are a competitive bunch, right, as you right. guys are on the sales side. But um, um, cost savings and cutting costs or squeezing supplies, that is something of the past, right? And I think this is a bit of the dilemma that we're in as procurement because we've done that probably over the last 20 years uh, very well uh, to squeeze and drive out costs out of the system. And I think some um, organizations still think that way. But when you then go onto the other side, namely the internal stakeholders, the CEO and CFOs, what they are really after is actually to drive sales and to contribute to growth. And they want external capabilities, so suppliers, you guys, salespeople that really can you know, enable the whole organization uh, to bring in innovation, to come up with new ideas, and to drive sales and to contribute to growth. And that could easily be with a product that is 10 20% more expensive than what I've bought before. So a lot of procurement organizations these days, uh, when they articulate their strategies, uh, so we, for instance, had a large FMCG company uh, the other day that we consulted on their procurement strategy and cost-cutting, cost-savings was no longer in their five-year strategy. It was all about how can we find the best suppliers in the market that can bring in the innovation, that can support us on our sustainability journey to you know, serve the customer better. And um, when I, you will just, always... Yeah, I, yeah, mean, sorry, I just yeah. want to expand on that yeah. because I think that's that's such a critical point that mm. that is missed. And so... Again, referring back to you know, some of the writing is you know, people talking about procurement pits and so on, is, is they're talking about a sense of procurement that's completely you know, diametrically opposed to what you're describing, right? That you know, in that case, it's talking about procurement just purely this perception on the part of sellers that procurement is just always about 
getting the best deal. And what you're saying is you're working with organizations and you see it yourself, is that the priority of procurement organizations now is really aligned with the internal stakeholders and the outcomes they want to achieve, which is growth, profitability, you know, the strategic objectives of the company. And I just want to reiterate, you know, you made that that list of this client you're talking about. Cost cutting was not even on the the top of the list at all. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, if just to you know describe what how a strategic procurement organization should actually operate, right? And I'm not saying that all do. Right. Uh, not everybody is is there. Right. But I can assure you that everybody is thriving to get to that stage where best practice in procurement is. And the first step there is really you need to fully understand what your internal business needs are. So a lot of time that we spend as professional buyers is actually with our internal stakeholders. So we sit with them, we consult with them, we we try to challenge them on, is what you just articulated actually a want or is it actually a need, right? So we are this internal voice of reasoning pretty much to really find out what are your needs and requirements. And then when we found that out, to really um, determine do we have the internal capabilities to do some of the things that you need ourselves, one, or do we need external support, external capability and skills to, you know, get to fulfill these requirements of, of yours, right? And that's where we would then engage through a, after having, you know, uh, come up with a sourcing strategy, that's how we would call it, mm-hmm. we would then approach the market and uh, investigate suppliers that could fulfill fulfill these needs. And the needs can can be we want to have innovation on a certain product line to win more market share in a certain country, for instance, or we want a software to make that process quicker. Um, and so it, it not necessarily means that we need to cut, cut costs. Yes, there could be an, 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 you know, a scenario where an internal stakeholder might say, look, we have a profitability issue somewhere. We need to find ways on how to reduce our expenditures. Clearly, then a goal of of procurement is still to you know control costs in in the right way. But the point here is in the right way is no longer cutting costs at all expenses, which probably you know some of some of us have done in the past. Absolutely, we we we're all guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think this is where most of these um, you know sales philosophies probably come from that that still look into these buyers that they've probably. You know, experience of the last ten—not last ten, but you know, maybe twenty years ago, where where everything was about price, everything was about cutting costs, and the opportunities back then were endless. With with globalization, China opening up, you could just jump from one supplier to the other, and you know, price were going down, uh, and there was no end to it, right? But these these days are over. These days are over. We we went through as a procurement organization to a lot of scandals where where we did cut costs and it backfired badly at us in terms of quality, in terms of um, compliance, in terms of customer satisfaction and consumer satisfaction. So I think we learned our lessons the hard way that, yes, costs need to be controlled, but don't push price at all at all costs. Right. Uh, uh, you need to keep the company goals in mind and drive value for the organization. Well, it seems like one of the things... And- <laughs> We're going to have to have multiple conversations because <laughs> we're going to run out of time here, and I've, yeah. I've got so many things I want to talk about. But but it seems like one of you know one of the the challenges here in this environment is that the procurement I would suspect and sellers 
each are clinging to uh, outdated stereotypes of the other, right? So sellers still are clinging, and by and large, are still clinging to the stereotype vision of procurement as a roadblock, as an obstacle, as opposed to a re- one of the stakeholders is going to help them get the job done. And I would suspect to some degree procurement people still look at salespeople as, uh, you know, very transactional, not adding a lot of value, and so on. I mean, is that true to some degree, I would think? Um, on the on the first part, yes. I mean, that's definitely what I what I realize more and more that you know a lot of salespeople, sales community, is perceiving procurement probably more as, as a block, and that is really concerning to me, as I said, because I believe that we should be working together. Mm-hmm. The second part, in terms of how we as procurement buyers see and perceive sellers, I have to say now that I know a little bit both sides. When I was still in my corporate role and not having that many insights on how you guys operate, I actually thought you um, you you probably knew a little bit better on 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 how our our company ticks. We always I, I always had <laughs> I think a lot of, yeah yeah I, I thought I always you always came across very professional to us. I have to say, and when I, when I talk to procurement <laughs> colleagues, uh, so what you're we, saying is what you're saying yeah. is that now that you've learned more about sales, what you're finding is actually sales is less competent than you thought they were before. I know you're putting words in my mouth. There. Well, no, anyway, no, 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 but, but I don't, I don't. Hey, I'm a salesperson. I mean, it's, uh, there you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but in general, that's sort of what you're, what you're driving at is, is that, and I would say competent, but less sophisticated, about about the organization, the requirements of the organization, and helping them achieve their goals. I thought they had fully understood that, okay, there's different stakeholders in the organization. Yes, one is uh, the one that actually will consume my product or service, and the other one is a procurement person, the other one is the CEO, whoever it might be, right? And they, they, they play, they, they have trainings on how to maybe play these people against each other or work collaboratively to drive more value. I thought that was... Yes, that was what, what you guys were taught on uh, in, in, in sales school, pretty much. Um, which I now found out is actually is not really the case, right? And <laughs> I might be wrong there, where, where there's a certain level of anxiety about procurement. And, and if I would have oh, known that, to be honest tremendous. with you, uh, <laughs> I, I probably would have acted in certain situations a bit differently. Um, but, um, but now being in this in-between world, right, between sales and procurement, I, I fundamentally believe we need to explain those worlds on, on how you guys operate and how we operate. Right. Because fundamentally, we have an end consumer to serve, right? And these end consumers are getting more demanding every day, right? I bet you every of your listeners is on Amazon Prime and using Uber and gets their food delivered to their doorsteps. And they want everything right now, right then. And we need to have a supply chain uh, that, you know, you know, is, is, is solving these issues and these quests. And we can only do it with the right procurement team, with the right supply chain team, and the right supplies. Without the right supplies, and that's what I'm telling a lot of procurement teams out there, if you lose your best suppliers out there, you will not be able to serve the customer. So you need to open up. You need to be more collaborative. And that's what everyone in the procurement world is, is trying to accomplish. And uh, But just to, to not you know, uh, relay the point, Andy, that Everybody, every buyer that you now meet as of tomorrow will be that collaborative person. There's still no. a lot of people that are, you know, a bit backwards minded and and maybe very very tactical. Uh, but the the general perception of procurement where we should be as a discipline is what I just described. And there's a lot of 
a lot of companies out there that are, that are already there and some companies that invest heavily in technology and new talent to get there quicker than in the past. So we definitely go going through a transformation and disruption uh, in procurement at the moment. Okay. So last question. And I said we're definitely going to do this again soon because I said there's so many unanswered questions. Uh, but I think this is so valuable for sellers to, to begin to understand what's happening in procurement. Is is last question for today, just to, maybe teasing the topic, and I said we'll, we'll come back to it a, a different time. But it's, So how should sellers begin this process of approaching um, procurement and forming this collaborative relationship? Because Believe me, right now, for I think even for a lot of sophisticated sellers, that's kind of low on their priority list, right? When they look at the stakeholders who are really, you know, the ones that they think are going to influence the decision the most, procurement comes in at the end, right? We're going to do all the internal selling. We're going to get agreement with our key stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So say you're selling an IT product with the IT director, the CIO, and then we'll brace ourselves to go talk to procurement after we already get internal agreement that we are the, the choice, right? This is, this is the way 99.9% of, of sellers look at it. We're going to go get internal agreement with our internal customer and then we'll grit our teeth and work through procurement. How should they get procurement involved sooner? Does, should that be through their internal customer or should they be outreaching directly to procurement saying, look, we're talking to the ID director? I mean, how, how should that flow? Right. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's it's a good question, right? So I can only recommend everyone out there if you haven't made yet contact with a procurement person at your customer, I mean, do that right away. And yes, you can do it through your internal stakeholder, your internal direct customer that you have been dealing with so far, or where you have the contact with. Uh, they might not know, though, right? In a large company in particular, you know, normally people necessarily know where the procurement department even sits, right? <laughs> so it is, is unfortunately true um, because we normally are very consolid- uh, yeah, consolidated. We are very centrally organized normally. So you could easily talk to someone in here in the UK to sell uh, an IT director some software, but all you know, the sourcing, the procurement is maybe done out of the United States. That could easily be the case in large mm-hmm. organizations. Right. Um, so, what I would recommend you do, yeah, use your relationships and, and ask, okay, who is your buying organization? Who is responsible for this particular item? I just want to reach out, but be aware that there might be this political disconnect. The example that I gave you in the very beginning, that there might be an IT person saying, I don't need procurement to be involved, right? This is maybe the measure that they give you when you ask them, hey, no, procurement shouldn't be involved. You know, I can spend my money, I can spend my budget. It's, it's actually not a skill. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm exaggerating here a bit, but this sure. is the message that you could be getting, right. Right? right? In that particular case, I would still advise you somewhat find a different way, maybe through LinkedIn. Uh, procurement people are very active on LinkedIn. Uh, maybe it's because they're always looking for the next job. I don't know, but they're very active on LinkedIn. Right. Maybe try to find them there and reach out, hey, uh, we have a relationship with your company already. We've never, you know, we never talked. Um, I wanted to reach out and introduce myself. That could be a, 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 a very well-perceived initial approach. Now, the second thing that I would say is um, always come prepared. I mean, what probably procurement people hate the most is somebody phoning them up at 1 p.m. on a Friday and saying, hey, by the way, uh, I'm, uh, we're selling XYZ and, and we're the best and we can help you. Uh, to do whatever you have to do. Um, 
And a contract's landing on your desk on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think what, what, what people probably underestimate is in procurement, probably 80% of what we do is operational stuff that we actually hate. We don't love to do it, but we have to do it. Uh, and maybe it's another, you know, it's another uh, podcast, Andy, to, to tell you what that 8% is. But we probably have 20% time only on strategic work, and probably only 10% of that 20% is actually interacting with suppliers. Mm -hmm. So if you phone me up or if you have a meeting with me and you ask me a bunch of questions and I have to actually have to explain you what my business is all about, what my challenges are, what my needs are, well, guess what? I'm not going to form that you know, trusting relationship right. with you. I might probably fall back into my old patterns and be tactical with you because you're just wasting my time. So. Right. Uh, to understand how <laughs> procurement operates, right? Uh, how, uh, what their needs are. And there are some specific procurement needs that you can actually fulfill quite easily. In the end of the day, everybody wants to be on a pedestal a bit. I want to go to my CEO and say, I found that great supplier, Andy can deliver me X, Y, Z, and that will drive sales and enable us to grow the company. I want to be that procurement person that presents Andy within my internal organization. And right. you can enable, enable me to do that. So these are the, probably the two quick things that I would say try to reach out uh, through all possible avenues to your procurement people, involve them very early on in the process and come up with, with you know, when you meet them already with solution and ideas and how to make them shine internally. Again, cost is really not top of mind. It's, it's many, many, many more factors than just uh, price and price reduction. Yeah. And I, I think just to sum up, this and and as I said, unfortunately, we're coming to a close. We'll, we're definitely definitely doing this again shortly. Is is yeah, you can <laughs> procurement can be a hero internally if they can deliver the business outcome that the internal buyers or the corporation want to achieve. And so, as a seller, your job is to help procurement be one of those stakeholders that can deliver those outcomes and. Yeah, I think for salespeople listening to this, you just have to keep in mind is that that you know, we talk about how buying and selling is changing quite a bit. And you also hear me talk about the fact that in many respects, it's changing less than you think. <laughs> and being that it's still fundamentally a business about relationships and helping people achieve their goals. And yes, procurement is, as Jens has described, procurement is is changing in terms of the charter they're being given to become more aligned with the business outcomes, not just focused on cost, but achieving growth and develop the relationships. You know, they're there to collaborate, to, to really be an ally if you can help them show the path, just as you are to your internal customer, how you're going to deliver the outcomes that the company or the internal customer want to achieve. And... Yeah, we, we increasingly train sellers about focusing on outcomes as you work with with sellers, well, or with buyers, excuse me. Procurement is just one of those stakeholders in there that increasingly are oriented the same direction. So um, yeah, think about that. It's 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 fascinating. I I I said I have so much more I want to ask, and, and I said we'll definitely <laughs> we'll definitely get to it. But I think it's a great introduction for for people who are listening to this about you really need to have a different perspective on procurement and despite what you might be hearing and reading where where people saying look that's yeah you know, they're the enemy 
it is changing and they're not the enemy and you need to find a way to work with them productively uh, because they want to achieve increasingly they are they are chartered to achieve the same thing that that you're trying to achieve so um yeah excellent yes great uh, this is i'm very excited talking about this because i think it's it's something that sellers really need to hear and we'll do this again Andy, thank you very much. It's, uh, I'm really passionate about about that topic, as you as you can well oh, imagine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully we could help a few salespeople out there to see procurement maybe in a little different light. Then, so uh, that would that would already help. Good. So, if people want to learn more about Fivis, that's F I V I S. Um, how can they do that? Yeah, you can uh, always uh, you know consult us on our website, uh, so fivis.io, f-i-v-i-s.io, or you can also find me on LinkedIn, Jens Henschel, uh, with the Fivis partnership. Excellent. All right, Jens, thank you very much. We'll look forward to talking to you again shortly. Thank you, Andy. Have a good time. Okay, friends, that was Accelerate for this week. First of all, as always. I do want to thank you for joining me, and I want to thank my guest, Jens Henschel. Join me again next week as my guest will be John Crowley. John's the author of a book titled Knuckle Dragging Sales, A Primitive Process to Make More Money. And as the title of the book says, we'll be talking about the sales process. And there's certainly a danger in some quarters of making the sales process too complex. I see it in companies all the time. And as a result, actually, companies end up getting in their own way and hurting their own performance. And John's a big advocate for simplifying the sales process, and we're going to dive into his recommendations for how to make that happen next week here on Accelerate. So be sure to join us then. Before you go, don't forget to check out saleshouse.com. Take advantage of our special offer at saleshouse.com forward slash Accelerate. So thanks again for joining me. Until next week, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>